Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever So We Speak podcast. This is Cole Fakes, and today I've got my dad, Terry Fakes, with me, who writes for our site, and we wanted to welcome you. So let's start out. Uh, give me a little bit of vision of why we started this thing. What are we trying to do on So We Speak? Personally, I think one of my biggest problems online, and I suspect a lot of people have this problem, is I'm not sure who I can trust. I don't know how much of the news I'm getting is being spun in a particular direction. And something else is I have a hard time finding a site that will give me both sides of an issue. And I think one of the reasons for So We Speak is to present both sides of an issue so that we can approach it from a Christian point of view. One of the things I like on this site is your steel man principle. I think that's a really important idea, but maybe you could explain that for a moment. It's not a common term. So one of the things that you do see, and I, this is this is definitely part of my passion and what we're trying to do with the site, is depending on what site you go to, you basically see the latest version of straw man arguments on whatever side of the political divide you happen to be reading. So either, you know, Donald Trump is the biggest monster that's ever lived in the history of the universe and everything they post is outrage about that. Or on the other side, you see he can do no wrong. Everything that he does is great. Everybody's against him. And you just get tired of that after a while. And you think nobody really thinks this. Everybody is kind of in between those bounds. But because of the culture of outrage, that's what sells. And so what we want to do is something a little bit more thoughtful. We don't want to present straw mans, but we do want to engage. And if you're going to do that, then what what we want to do is present a steel man. And that's a term we borrowed, but it's perfect for what you want to do in discourse is you want to present the best version of your opponent's argument. So even better than the argument that you're seeing a lot of times, if you can think of a way that it might be stronger, that's the argument you want to present. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. One of the great principles I like here also is the idea of being informed about what's going on in our culture without being conformed to the culture. And that brings up the idea, obviously, that comes from Scripture is, as Christians, how do we approach these issues? We're certainly not uh, partisan just for the sake of being partisan. Mm -hmm. We want to be biblical in what we see. So we may align sometimes with perhaps a liberal idea on an issue is a biblical or perhaps a conservative idea on an issue. Whereas I think most of what we read is oriented liberal conservative, where I think so we speak is coming from biblical Christian worldview engaging both of those sides of the divide. Yeah, there's a difference. and, And I think you've captured it. There's a difference between being partisan and being convictional especially when you're a Christian. What we want as Christians is we want convictional belief. So this is where we got the name, So We Speak, is from 1 Thessalonians, where Paul says, we believe and so we speak. We've been entrusted by God with the gospel, and we've been approved by him. So that that's behind us. Now we speak, not to please man, but to please God who, who looks at our hearts. That's convictional speaking. So we speak mm-hmm. from our principles as Christians, and we don't have an allegiance as Christians to a political party or to a cause. We can engage with those, and yes. we could we could even declare ourselves to be part of a political party, but our foundational identity is as a Christian. So we want to speak with Christian convictions. And in doing that, we present the strongest arguments. We want to engage. We want to be biblical. And something else on this site that 
just comes. If you spend any time trafficking in news sites, what we want to do is we want to publish stuff that's worth your time. Yes. We don't want to publish stuff just because you got to have something out there. We don't want to put stuff out just for clicks. We want to publish things that are trustworthy and they're going to add value to your life. I like the phrase uh, that you use a lot called smart brevity. And both of us read, uh, digest a lot of news. And some of them you quickly realize are brief and they're smart and they don't waste your time. But one of the f- principles here is this idea of smart brevity. Absolutely. We borrowed that from Axios. Mm-hmm. And they're a great site that embodies this principle. We Nobody has enough time in the day to follow everything that's going on. Right. So you've got to make a selection. And and part of the problem, honestly, with a lot of what's going on in the media today is there's a selection bias where you're not actually going to hear about what's going on. You're going to hear about what they want you to know about what's going on. Now, you can run with this, and this is where you can get into pretty deep conspiracy theories, and you, know, you saw right. all the Q people show up at Trump's rally about the deep state, and, and obviously that can be taken too far, but... If there's a legitimate point to be made that if you don't read multiple angles, you may not actually know what's going on in the news. Right. I'll give you an example uh, that I've noticed for years. I do listen to NPR sometimes, and I don't find that NPR is necessarily overtly biased. I know mm-hmm. they try to avoid that, but I have observed over time, this is in my view, they have a strong selection bias. The stories that get covered the people that get interviewed are, in effect, spinning this to a particular point of view. That's a very subtle kind of bias, and I think it's something we're committed to to not having. Mm-hmm. I think what you see a lot of times is people are decrying fake news, and, and fake uh-huh. news can be knowingly publishing false information. Right. But just for the sake of argument, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt here to most major news companies. I don't think many of them are knowingly publishing Right. False information. Although the polling suggests that most people think, think that they they're are. doing yes, that. Exactly. What I think the more the more common bias is exactly what you're talking about. They're only going to cover things that fit their narrative. Exactly. We want to break out of partisan narratives. We want to cover things from a biblical worldview. And what that entails is we believe that every story, every piece of data can fit and be digested in a Christian worldview. So we really, as believers, have the opportunity to engage with the widest possible swath of information, of narratives, of worldviews, and we believe that our worldview can make sense of all of those things. And so, so we speak, we want to be smart, we want to be brief, we want to be trustworthy, we want to give you the best of what's out there, and then we, we have some specific areas that we want to write in. So one of those that we've been talking about right now is commentary, politics. We want to talk about what people are talking about. One of the convictions is you can't reach the world for Christ if you're not informed. But we also want to fight against the corrosive nature of the 24-hour news cycle. If you spend your time trying to be informed, you run the risk of being conformed to the image of the world. So this is like the old principle in ministry where... You know, your youth pastor needs to be able to identify with the kids, but you don't want your youth pastor to be one of the kids. Exactly. You know, so it's like, (laughs) should you be paying for the Xbox Live subscription out of your church funds? Well, it does help them identify with the world, but actually, at some point in there, you cross the line of being conformed to the world. Yes. It's the idea of who is influencing whom. Exactly. And one thing I'd like to jump on what you said there about the Christian worldview, you could argue, well, you're just bringing another bias to this situation. I think that's the fundamental difference is 
I believe with the Christian worldview, we are not trying, like a conservative or a liberal or uh, you know, any other particular point of view, trying to say, I must turn everything and fit it into my narrative. Mm-hmm. We actually come from a little different place. We believe that our God is the author of truth the author of beauty. We believe that if you follow scientific truth, moral truth, all those things and follow them out, you will find God at the end of that. So rather than trying to fit things into that view, we simply think the biblical view will encompass it, as you said. I think that's a little different approach than most people. We're really not trying to convince you that the biblical view is better than the conservative view. We're simply going to say the biblical view encompasses all truth. Absolutely. So what kinds of things have you found yourself writing? What kinds of things do you expect to write on, so we speak? Great question. I'm interested in a lot of things, you know, history, archaeology, obviously how that makes the Bible come alive. So, for example, I like to do things like the Minor Prophet series, Tales of the Nevi'im. You know, we've got our maps, we've got our historical perspective, and now let's let their message, let's let God's message through these men come alive for us today. I would also like to talk about things like what does a biblical view look like in the public square? How do we act as peacemakers? How are we the sensible people that bring something essential to a very corrosive and divided environment? I believe that we bring biblical truth into the public square. I believe that will be appealing. So I'd like to write on some current events, but very much from a biblical point of view. How about you? You've got a diverse range of interests. What what interests you most to write about? You know, one of the things I'm really passionate about on our site is I think that the biggest hurdle for most people in their faith in reading the Bible is being able to go from what you hear on Sundays, what you read in your quiet times, to the decisions and conversations and relationships that you have on a daily basis. I think it's really easy to open your Bible in the morning, do your devotional, close your Bible, and basically partition that in your morning and have a really hard time actually living as a Christian during the day. And one of the ways that I've tried to capture this is, do we have uh, people who are doctors who happen to be Christians? Or do we have doctors who are doctors Christianly? Yes, exactly. is, Is there a way that your faith infuses what you do all day, every day. So one of my passions about the things that we write is helping to cross that divide. How do we talk Christianly about everyday real world events, opinions, conversations, relationships? And so that's, so far we've, we've published quite a bit on the Bible, how to understand your Bible, how to apply it. We've got Leviticus, Proverbs, your series on the Minor Prophets. But in addition to that, we'll, we'll talk about things like bias. We have two posts on bias mm-hmm. that, that were really enjoyable to write and to think through. Um, we, we posted twin pieces this past week about fairness, political discourse, the role that Christians play. I mean, right. should we retreat completely out of the public square? Should we assimilate into the public square? That's a really pressing question. I like writing on that. The other thing that I'm really excited about that we've gotten a lot of good feedback on is this Holy Spirit series that we're doing. Yes. So I I don't think most people will read 10 to 12 books from all kinds of different perspectives on the Holy Spirit. Right. But what I do think is most people want to know about the Holy exactly. Spirit. And so we're kind of trying out something new. And I know there's other people doing this out there, but for us, just experimenting with the concept of a blog series. So will people right. kind of tune in 
on a weekly basis for a medium-length blog that over the course of what's looking like maybe eight weeks, you go through all the perspectives, you go through all the passages, Mm -hmm. and you come to the end where you have some takeaways about the Holy Spirit. So we're kind of right in the middle of that. I'm still in the middle of reading for that. But that's something I'm pretty passionate about. I think it's a useful service to digest a lot of information and then have a trusted source that will give you the points of view. For example, your last post on that one really outlined what the cessationist position looked like, and I thought it was a strong argument for cessationism. Whether one believes it or not, you now know the best argument that folks who see the Bible that way do, and I think that's a really useful service. Yeah, I'm hoping that people get a lot of that. We get some great feedback on that. I think as we go along, I really think it's going to help sort through a really difficult topic. Now, we, we have another writer on So We Speak, and Ben Williams is not able to be with us this morning, but he has a, an ability to write on some topics that neither you or I really have the ability to do. His posts on apologetics, he's got that 10 yes, apologetics argument series, has been awesome. I mean, if you want an overview of apologetics, that is a great place to start. It's all the major arguments. It's, it's in enough depth that you can mm-hmm. go from there as deep as you want. But you can read them in five minutes. It's very accessible. It's really yes. accessible. So I love that. He's written a couple other things for us. His theological writing is really good. So he had a post for us. Um, there is really evil in the world, which yes. isn't something that you feel like you need to say. But then you listen to the way that people talk about the world and everything is unfortunate or a misunderstanding yes. or one of my favorites, it, you know, as, as like a irritant is when you see tragedies happen yes. and they're labeled as senseless violence. Right. We have this narrative that, you know, somebody couldn't be rational and commit an evil act. Right. Well, biblically, you can, and yes. people do. And his post really gets to the heart of that. Um, so we're thankful to have him on the blog as well. Absolutely. His writing really balances out and stretches out the topics that we're able to address. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to our first podcast. We had a ton of fun recording it. And we hope you had fun listening to it. Stay tuned in a couple of weeks for another episode. We'll see you soon.